You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome down to Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. Pull up a stool in my nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. The podcast for fans, by fans, celebrating our second anniversary as part of the White Sox universe. Sacks in the Basement is here for you. And even though we have always given you 30 minutes of Sacks that comes out each and every Wednesday with myself and my buddy Dave sitting down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar, desperate times calls for desperate measures, and that's why you get a complete 2020 simulated White Sox season for you to listen to with those ears attached to your head. The White Sox are 31 and 19. I know, I'm excited. The Twins, in first place, just ahead of them by a game and a half, are 33 and 18. And so far, in four meetings this year, the White Sox are 3 and 1 against the Minnesota Twins, including last night, after a blown save by Alex Colome, Michael Kopech, in only his third appearance since recently coming back and joining the Major League Club, pitches four scoreless innings and extras until the White Sox can come away with an 8-5 victory in the 13th inning. A hard-fought game yesterday, and it's only the first game out of a four-game set. Game two today, Lucas Giolito, who is showing signs of coming out of an early season funk against Jake Odorizzi. Remember, this broadcast is made possible with simulations using MLB The Show 20, And it's brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, a Southside tradition that continues to need your help. So don't forget to keep them in your rotation. Grubhub or direct at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. Great ballpark food and an excellent thing for you to sit back and put in your mouth while we entertain your ears. All the senses are here. I'm done pontificating. It's time for some ball. We head out to Target Field in enemy territory, Minneapolis, right now. Target Field, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Lanuti, and welcome to White Sox Twins Game 2 of this four-game set. And two worn-out baseball teams that went late into the night have to come out and play the next night, and it's only Game 2 out of four in this series. Jake Odorizzi is going to take the mound tonight for the Twins. Nine starts, four and three record, 3.15 ERA, 54 in the third innings, which he's given up 52 hits and 23 walks. That's a 1.38 whip. 61 strikeouts over those 54 and a third. He blows it by people. A guy that a lot of White Sox fans thought was going to be on the free agent market and they might be able to acquire in the offseason. Instead, a qualifying offer made to him and they pretty much held on to him here because nobody was going to pay the penalty to go after Jake Odorizzi. So the Twins held on to him and they're still sitting in first place even after the loss last night, a game and a half up over these White Sox. 33 and 18 first pitch to Tim Anderson at 7-11 is a ball outside 1-0 the count we're underway here in Minneapolis looks to be a beautiful night as an outside four seamer low and away it's only 59 degrees nine mile an hour winds though are blowing out into right field and if you've ever been to the stadium before right field is a wind tunnel if you get the ball up there when the wind is blowing out it's gonna go Cut fastball high, one and two the count. 
It does catch the zone. 322 Anderson is hitting. You can actually approach right field at street level. And there's buildings on either side of the street, which creates a tunnel. And then you just walk out there and you're on the concourse. Imagine the concourse at the rate is level with the street. And the ballpark seems to dip below it. Now, it's kind of a hill you come up, but it feels like you're level with the street. The buildings are in between. And it creates a tunnel. And there's going to be a tunnel there tonight as Anderson strikes out swinging. And there's one gone here in the top of the first. Larry Garcia is playing tonight. Aloy Jimenez gets a break. Many White Sox taking the day off today after the long win last night. Both teams are taxed. He's hitting 268 on the season. He's batting second. He is a lefty, though, against a right-handed pitcher as he switch hits, which is beneficial with the wind blowing the way that it is. It's interesting, the dynamics of the ballpark, because like I said, you're street level almost. It feels like when you walk up, the gate's right there. Just kind of like if you go in the outfield gates of Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium, 2-1 and one to Garcia. Ricky Holiday is going to be the umpire today. We've seen him a couple times this year. But then, there's a wall in right for the players. So to them, you have to hit up to get it out. We saw Grandal clear that wall last night. So it's an interesting design. When you come in from that outfield, you get the feeling that the ballpark is actually sunk into the ground. I know that isn't true, but it feels very unique. Kind of like Chavez Ravines out in L.A. Two and two to count to Garcia. Outside four-seam fastball misses three and two to count. Abreu's on deck. He's DHing today. Encarnacion is going to play first. Like I said, this team is taxed. Ricky Renteria had to pick and choose who was getting a day off today and who's getting one off tomorrow. And then maybe full strength by Sunday after the game last night. That ball goes into the dirt. Ball four. Garcia took off running like he thought he was going to be called a strike. But he realized it's a ball. He's down to first base. we got to run around with one out here at the top of the first inning. And Jose Abreu's hitting 262. We've seen the average slide down this month. He remains in the three spot for now for the White Sox. He has seen Odorizzi 26 times. He has nine hits in that span. Takes a ball inside for a strike. 0-1 the count. Garcia brings good speed. As this one swung on and missed a four-seamer in the zone he couldn't catch up to. 0-2. In the offseason and even towards the end of the season last year, one of the big debates amongst White Sox fans, and we talked about it on Sox in the Basement, was what do you do with Jose Abreu? We were both fully in support of bringing him back. As this one is ripped out in the right center field, carrying back towards the wall. It is off the wall at the 365 marker. Garcia's rounding third as the ball comes in. He's heading for home. There will be a throw. He is safe. Leury Garcia scores the first run of the game. And for the second night in a row, the White Sox strike first here in Minnesota. This time in the first inning, as Abreu hits a double into the right center field gap. I was going to say about Abreu, we were in favor of going and keeping him. We are in favor of the contract. We think he's a mentor. But we admitted as Yohan Moncada comes up to the plate hitting 324 with nine home runs and 29 RBI. We admitted that Jose is on the back end. We're going to start to see some decline. But I don't know if you're ready to just pull him out of the three spot because he's having a rough couple of weeks. Moncada from the left side had a rough night last night. He's 1-0 on an inside pitch. One out, top of the first inning, 1-0 White Sox already with a runner on second in Abreu. 
This one's fouled off down the third base line. Count is even at one. It's beneficial to the White Sox. They have a lot of guys that hit from the left-handed batter's box when there's a righty on the mound. And with the wind blowing out, we could see another home run. The one guy who would really benefit is Yasmani Grandal. He hit a home run in the 13th inning to break that tie last night. This one swung on two and two the count. But he is down today, getting a day off. He caught that entire game until the last inning when he played first base. Swung out and missed a four-seamer out of the zone. Mancata has not been seeing the ball well over the past week. We've seen him reach for things outside the zone that's not like him. So there's two gone with Abreu still on second. And the five-hitter for tonight is James McCann, who's also catching this game. McCann hitting 309 with two home runs and four RBIs, a 943 OPS. He's been very effective as a pinch hitter. He actually came up last night in a big moment. Finished out the game behind the plate. Odorizzi throws his 20th pitch of the inning so far for a strike. 0-1 the count. Outside pitch tails away, 1-1. The Twins went with many of their starters from last night. Although they were saying before the game, they're just as tired. So the sack's going with somebody fresh trying to play the long game as this one's lifted deep out in the center field. Tailing back, it'll be caught against the wall. Right up against, the, I believe that's a 4-11 mark out there. A deep fly ball. In the center field from McCann, almost gets out. Sacks get 1-0, and we're midway through the first. Lucas Giolito, 10 starts, 4-4, 4.88 ERA. 55 in the third innings with a 1.41 whip. That's from 49 hits over the 55 and a third and 29 walks, 50 strikeouts. We talked about it his last two starts. The free passes are what's killing him. It has not been because he's giving up hits in the wrong spots. Pitchers are going to give up hits. He's been walking too many players. Byron Buxton leads off tonight like he did last night, averaged down to 269. Most people took a dip after getting seven or eight at-bats last night. The White Sox 31-19, second in the American League Central, trailing these Twins by a game and a half. We'll go around and tell you the defensive alignment here as McCann is behind the plate with Giolito delivering his next offering on the 1-0 count. Swung on and missed a four-seamer away, but in the zone, 1-1. One and one. Encarnacion is going to be over at first. Second base is Danny Mendick tonight. Shortstop Anderson, third base Moncada. Left field is Larry Garcia. Center is Adam Engel, and in right we have Nomar Mazzara. Robert, Madrigal, Yasmani Grandal, and Aloya Menez. The hope is to not have to go to any of them and get them well-rested and ready for the big push over the weekend. Swung on and missed, and that's the first strikeout and first out for Giolito. As he sits down Buxton on a low outside pitch tailing away from the zone that he chases. And I think Lucas knows, as the declared ace of this team coming into the season, even though he has had a few rough outings, this team is depending on him tonight against a very good offense. With some of their guys shelled and only available in emergency, as we start off a very long stretch, eight games on this road trip, and no breaks coming up anytime soon. A high four-seamer misses 2-0 the count. Renteria talking about how you can't lose the war by trying to win every single battle, and we have capable Major League Baseball players that are ready to go tonight. 
And if some of the starters need a break after last night, that's what we're going to do. Two and one now the count as this one sent over to second base. Mendick, who did start at second for about three, four weeks here for the White Sox, gets it over to first. And there's one gone. And that is true. You have good defense over at second. Danny Mendick has shown that. And he has had some big hits in games. Larry Garcia was over 300 just a few weeks ago in the batting average. He's capable out there in the outfield. As Jorge Polanco steps in, hitting 336, he had a home run last night. There's two outs in the bottom of the first. A high four-seamer just misses. 1-0 the count. They're going to put a shift on him with Anderson directly behind second. Moncada at short, Mendick in shallow right field. He does tend to pull. The 1-0 pitch is sent right into that shift. Adam Angle barely has to move in right center field. It lands in his glove, and the Minnesota Twins go down 1-2-3 to Lucas Giolito to start this game off. Through one inning, the Sox lead it 1-0 in Minnesota. We're in the second inning. Sox in the basement bringing you the 2020 White Sox simulated. Brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park. Edwin Encarnacion has 13 home runs and 29 RBIs to go with his 253 batting average, and the righty stands in to lead off this inning. Odorizzi, 22 pitches in the first inning, now throws a split finger that's fouled off down the first base line. 0-1 the count. Target field, going to be a nice night tonight. Chilly, but it's not like the White Sox aren't used to it. It's warmer down in Chicago, but it has not warmed up here yet. The 1-1 count. Sent down the first baseline foul. They have a shift on Encarnacion. Three infielders over on the left side. And he sends it right to short. Polanco handles it. Sends it over. 6-3 put out. One gone here in the top of the second. That young man had two clear errors against the White Sox last night. And the official scorer to the two balls that hit him right in the glove were base hits. Adam Engel stands in. 325, three homers. People have been asking, how does he compare to Nomar Mazzara? And remember, you can get the stats after every series at SoxOn35th.com. All the team stats, plus you get the box scores after every game and analysis. Is this a strike on the inside corner taken by Engel? Next one sent out a jam shot in the right field, coming down quickly, but not in time. He'll be caught in shallow right. There's two gone. And here's Mazzara. Now, they have played exactly the same amount of games, although Mazzara has 47 more at-bats so far this season. That said, the two that have played right field the most when you compare them, Angle has got an on-base percentage 100 points higher than Mazzara, has a slugging percentage 75 points higher than Mazzara, and a batting average nearly 120 full points ahead of Nomar Mazzara. Both of them have been used against righties and lefties, although Angle has been primarily against left-handed pitching and Mazzara primarily against righties. Two and one the count now to Nomar on an inside pitch that misses. Two outs, top of the second inning. But you can see the White Sox starting to lose some patience with Nomar Mazzara as he swings over a split finger, two and two. He's been very streaky, and the good has not outweighed the bad so far this season. Inside cut fastball three and two. If you look at his home run total, he's got five, but two of them in the Colorado air. And that was his biggest week. Outside split finger misses. He's going to take the walk down to first base. So with two outs, a man on. And the number nine hitter 
Danny Mendick comes up. Danny's had a high average earlier on in the season, but as things wore on, he started getting less and less regular playing time. He settled into a 233 average at this point with a couple of home runs. He's got speed. He plays very good defense, and I think you need to remember he's a rookie as well. Well, he came up towards the very end of last season, and we would have loved to have seen him get more playing time if Yomer Sanchez wasn't going to be held on to. It was more because Ricky Renteria loved his second baseman and had a relationship with him than probably what was best for the team when you're not going to let Mendick go out and play almost every day in September with the White Sox having nothing to play for and you got the kid up here. A split finger down the middle makes it one and two. That extra month could have led to even more production out of Danny Mendick, who at times has been the best of our three rookies if you count him along with Mandrigal and Robert. One and two the count now as that one's fouled off. Mazzara, not a lot of speed on first base, the pitch. In the dirt, it will not get away. It's trapped between the legs of the catcher. Two and two the count. Odorizzi's about to throw his 40th pitch here. With two outs and a 2-2 count here in the top of the second inning. He gets the sign and delivers. Swung on and fouled off a split finger on the outside corner. Mendick protects well. A borderline pitch. He wasn't going to let it get by. Power remains even. The next offering. Swung on and missed. He went split finger again. Went a little higher. Mendick swings underneath it. He's frustrated. He'll get another chance. Midway through the second, the White Sox continue to lead this one to nothing. Nelson Cruz. He started the game, played most of it last night, was taken out in the ninth inning to get a pinch runner in there, hitting 316. He has 27 RBIs to go with his 10 home runs. He will lead off the bottom of the second inning. Giolito faced the minimum and went 1-2-3 through the order in the first. Shifts on, Encarnacion basically playing second base. Shaded a little bit towards first and everybody else on the left side of the field for Cruz. The 0-1 pitch on the way. Swung on and missed a high four-seamer out of the zone. He fooled him. 95 miles an hour as it hits McCann's glove. This is the kind of thing that starting pitchers must live for. Big game on the road, and you know your team's depending on you, coming off of a 13-inning game. And the Twins were embarrassed last night by losing a game at home. They have been pretty hard to beat all around baseballs. That pitch is high and in chin music. It almost catches Cruz, one and two the count. Right now the White Sox have a 3-1 advantage in head-to-head games. I expect the Twins to fight hard here over the next three days, and the Sox have to be ready for it as Cruz fouls this one off down the first baseline. We said it yesterday. There will be no 2-1 game. Circle change, swung on and missed. Giolito with another strikeout is second. So far in this game, there's one gone in the bottom of the second inning. Josh Donaldson, the most dangerous hitter in baseball, leading the American League in average at 384, home runs with 19, and also with 52 RBIs. Comes at a plate. Oh, and he has an on-base percentage of 475. He's getting on base just a tick under half the times he steps up to the plate. It's like Barry Bonds when he was on horse steroids. Allegedly. I have to say that so I don't get sued. A high four-seam fastball. Owen won the count. Although, I don't know. Was that proven? I don't remember. In my mind, it was. But we'll say allegedly. 
Giolito got a strike by Donaldson. Here's the next one. Swung on and missed a circle change. Tailing away. 0-2 quickly. Now, with a pitcher's count, he can be careful, but not too careful because you don't want to give him the free pass. Donaldson's on quite a pace so far this season. Swung on and missed. He got him on three pitches. He went fastball, low and away and out of the zone. And he played upon the fact that he was 0-2. He had thrown two in the strike zone. And he's able to throw it low, but he made it look different than that circle change. Increases the speed and goes further outside. He gets him to chase. There's two gone. Mitch Garver hit the tying home run with two outs last night off of Alex Colome. A two-run bomb that sent this thing to extras. He's hitting 309 with 12 home runs and on an eight-game hitting streak. 34 RBIs, and yes, the home run last night was his first hit of the game and made it an eight-game hitting streak. The 0-1 pitch is outside a slider high and away, 1-1 the count. He's hitting 367 over his last eight games. So the six-hitter for the Twins tonight has been red hot. And he had some magic last night. Giolito into the line, the pitch. Low and inside, 79-mile-an-hour circle change, 2-1. and one. Next pitch, inside slider, fouled off, 2-2. Two and two. The off-speed pitch that Giolito throws at circle change has a lot of movement like a curveball. As a four-seam fastball is fouled off down the first baseline, count remains even. I keep wanting to call it a curveball because it looks like that. Goes inside with a four-seamer, doesn't get the call. Count is full, and he is actually pointing at the strike zone, talking to the umpire. Lucas felt he had a strike. It was close. It was borderline, and he wanted the call. So he questions the umpire and now goes into the wind. And this one's sent right out of the left field for a base hit. Put it right down the middle. And I think a red-hot hitting Garver noticed that a very angry pitcher wanted to prove he was going to throw a strike on the next pitch. And he saw the emotion of Giolito and may have preyed upon it. Eddie Rosario is going to come up. The left-handed hitting Rosario is hitting 242 on the season. Had a double last night in a big moment. There's two outs. A runner on first. First base runner of the game for the Twins. And Giolito throws a four-seamer just outside. Rosario is 5-for-23 with three strikeouts and a 217 average against Giolito lifetime. Next offering a high fastball 2-0. Since Lucas got aggravated with the call, he throws one down the middle for a base hit and misses the play twice. Now he's going to get a call in the outside corner 2-1. Next pitch swung on and missed an outside fastball and Giolito has gone away from the off-speed in his last five, six pitches. It's been fastball, fastball, fastball moving around. He goes again with the fastball, low at the knees, two and two. So the finesse that got him through the first five outs is gone. He is throwing angry. Now he throws a four-seamer outside, three and two. Nothing but fastballs. Ever since, he got annoyed with that call. And Rosario now sits in with a full count, one on. And now he throws this one way outside a slider that gets away from him. Almost went to the backstop. 23 pitches now in this inning. He's got two on here that got on after two outs. That's his first free pass. We were talking about how that's been killing him. And Lucas Giolito needs to get it together. And 
They're going to go out and talk with their pitcher as he has seemed aggravated. And one pitch can't change this game. And that's what Don Cooper is telling him right now. The only other guy on the mound besides McCann and Cooper is Moncada. They're having a conversation, and you can see Giolito's a little agitated, pointing towards home plate. I didn't think that pitch was a strike. I mean, it was borderline. I'm not angry about the call by the umpire, but Lucas Giolito, clearly annoyed. Now he's got the left-handed hitting Kepler, who's hitting 207. Standing in with two outs and runners on first and second. Giolito toes the rubber. We're ready to keep going. Umpire taking his time getting down now. Now he's down into his set. And the pitch on the way. A strike down the middle for Seamer. Another fastball. Kepler sitting on 99 career home runs. Let's hope he doesn't get the triple digits today. An outside circle change. One and one the count. But he's at least going back to the off-speed pitches here. And that's a good sign. He's got to find the zone, though. Next offering a four-seamer by the bat, swinging on the outside corner, one and two. So a one-two count with two outs, a 207 Kepler. Swings and misses at another four-seamer, low and inside. Giolito bears down and goes all fastballs. His arm, he's shaking it coming off the mound. Somebody's got to have a talk with that guy. After two, one-nothing White Sox. You're in the family waterproofing solutions third inning here in Saks in the basement. Tim Anderson's 0 for 1 already in this game and will lead off with his second at bat of the game here in the top of the third. 41 pitches for Jake Odorizzi. He throws an outside four seamer. 1 0 the count. It's 4 for 19 lifetime against Odorizzi. TA takes a low fastball, 2 0 the count. Family waterproofing solutions is getting such a response from Saks in the basement listeners. They actually posted on their Facebook page today that they are working on getting more phone lines available. You guys are awesome. As this one skied out into right field back towards the track, it'll be caught over the shoulder by Cruz. A long fly out to right from Anderson. There's one gone in the top of the third. They are going to handle each and every phone call, but I think the rain and the fact that people are hearing about the good work that they do and the testimonials, and it's family-owned, veteran-owned, female-owned. You know, portion of the proceeds going to veteran and first responder organizations. A safe way to do estimates. Uh, you know, they'll they'll take a look at pictures. They'll let you go video conference with them. If you don't want them in the house, they get it. 268 hitting Leary Garcia is quickly 0-2 as he fouls off the second pitch after taking a strike down the middle. One out top of the third. Next offering fouled off down the third baseline, still 0-2. Details coming up here halfway through the third inning. Keep calling them. I like it when people are working during this time. You know a place is doing good when you start talking about them and they're like, we got to get more phones. <laughs> this one's sent down to first base on the one hop. It'll be fielded. An unassisted three put out. Jose Abreu's going to come up. Two outs in the top of the third. He's 10 for 27 now with three doubles and a 3-10 average against Jake Odorizzi. He takes a strike, 0-1 the count. Now an outside split finger misses 1-1. One one. As I said before, I don't believe 1-0, 2-1 is going to win this ballgame. I don't care how tired these guys are. These are two very potent offenses. The White Sox shut out for the first time just a few days ago, and it was a near-no-hitter from John Gray, and they had the bases loaded and a chance to actually win the game at the end. 
Brown ball over to third, quickly over to first. Sacks go down one, two, three. Donaldson made a nifty play at third, and midway through to third. One nothing White Sox. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sack side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations to support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. The Minnesota Twins rank second in the American League, runs per game, average and on-base percentage, and first in slugging and home runs. They also rank exactly the same in Major League Baseball. They are one of the best, if not the best, when you look at all those offensive categories. When I'm normally reading that for you with the White Sox, they're in third or fourth across Major League Baseball. You know, against any other team, I'd be like, we got the best offense. But this one is better, at least for now. And that's why we need our pitchers to come through. Miguel Sano comes to the plate, hitting 264. McCann sets up on the outside corner. He gets a fastball right there for a strike. The shift is on again. Mendick behind second. Anderson and Mancata move over Mortars three on the left side of the infield. Next pitch, a check swing for Seamer again. 0-2 as Giolito continues to throw the heat. I don't know if he lost confidence in the off-speed pitches, but we saw a lot of them early on. And now, he's bringing it. Now an inside four Seamer. He ties him up three straight fastballs. Fifth strikeout of the game for Giolito. The decision seems to be, come and get it. My defense will back me up. Maybe he looked at his pitch count through the first two innings as he came into the third inning with already 38 pitches. Throws a high four-seamer, 1-0 to Byron Buxton. He struck out in the first inning. He was the first victim. He's only one for seven in the series. That was all last night. It'll be interesting to see the lines over these four games. It's already a four-game series, and you basically had a fifth game in there last night. Swung on and sent down to third base. Mankato is playing shallow in case of the bunt, so he's able to scoop it. As it got halfway through the grass before he got to it, he fielded it. Almost parallel to Giolito and gets it over to first base, getting the speedy Byron Buxton for the second out of the bottom of the third inning. And Marwan Gonzalez, who came in as a pinch hitter last night and starts today, is 0 for 1. And batting lefty, take a circle change outside, 0-1 the count. That was a strike on the corner. Next pitch comes inside, just misses, 1-1 the count. Giolito serves up one to Marwin. That ball is tanked way back into that wind that I was talking about. Home run into that alley in right field where the wind is blowing out. 416 feet. Gets out of here at 104 miles per hour, and this game is tied. Only the second home run of the season for Marwin Gonzalez. So with two outs in the bottom of the third inning, Giolito gives up a homer. 
he had been cruising, but if you're going to keep going fastball, 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 eventually they're going to sit on the fastball. This isn't AAA, and he put that exactly where I was talking about. Into that first section near the foul pole. There's a wind tunnel there. And if you get it up there, it's going. And now Polanco comes up, another lefty, and we see an off-speed pitch finally on the outside corner. Swung on and missed, 0-1. So Lucas goes to the fastball one time too many, and you got professional hitters on this team. Now he goes off-speed again, and this one gets sent out in the center field on the one-hop and bounces in front of Angle. He keeps it in front of him. Base hit, single. So after Giolito cruises for a little bit here, again, trouble with two outs. He went one, two, three in the first, got the first two outs last inning before putting two on. Got the first two outs this inning before giving up the solo home run, and now a base hit. 1-0 to Nelson Cruz is 0-for-1 with a strikeout in the second inning. Cruz is hitting 314 on the season. And this will be Giolito's 50th pitch with two outs in the bottom and a third. It sent down the third baseline foul into the crowd. Nine RBI over the last 10 games for Cruz. Playing right field tonight. This one is sent over to third. Knocked down by Makati. He's going to stay with it. Throw it in the dirt in front of Encarnacion who picks it. Nice pick at first base for a guy who doesn't play it that often. Sacks are out of the third, but we're all tied up. One all. For the second straight night here in Minnesota, the opening innings just feel like the warm-up for the game. Two teams with incredible offenses sending out starters. They give up a run or two on either side, but you know the fireworks are coming later. And Yuan Mancata is 0-for-1 in this game and has yet to collect a hit in this series. 0-for-6 last night. He got an RBI on a bases-loaded walk. No, check that. It was a sack fly. We had a... Abreu had the bases-loaded walk as this one's down the third baseline foul. They have the shift on for him. Mancada likes to try to put it down the third baseline when the shift is on. There's nobody at third, and he's hitting left-handed. He just missed it there, 0-1. Now they go outside, and high, he lays off at 1-1 the count. He's gotten a lot of doubles this year. Playing against the shift, I'm still surprised teams are doing it. Struggling, though, in this series, the Twins must be like we're going with the playbook. A split finger just above the knees goes for a strike taken, one and two. Odorizzi quickly into the line. This one sent down the third baseline in the air. It'll hit near the pole and go into the corner. Mancada's already at second as it's picked up. He's got a standing double. As the ball comes in the third and Donaldson fields it. He loves hitting against that shift. He ties Tim Anderson right now for the most doubles on the White Sox with 15. And a lot of them have been down the line when he is hitting lefty. And teams only shift him when he's a lefty, not as a righty. And they shift him as a lefty and they move over the outfielder and they move over to third baseman. And he gets a big alley down there and he continuously puts it right down the line. And I hope Major League Baseball continues to shift him because it's like giving him another way to get on base. And a leadoff double here with McCann 0-1 already. Takes an outside splitter. 1-1 the count. Odorizzi about to throw his 60th pitch here with no outs in the top of the fourth, and it's a ball. Split finger outside again. He's throwing that a lot tonight. 2-1. 
So both pitchers don't look like they're going deep in this game. Next pitch, inside cut fastball, catches lots of the plate. McCann, I don't know what he was looking for there. That's a pitch you can drive. Two and two. Now one down the middle. He was way out in front of it, puts it foul down the third base line. Count remains even. Mankata with a lead over at second base. Odorizzi checks him, double checks him, now delivers. Swung on and sent out in the left field. It's going to be shallow and caught. Mankata's not going to advance. There's one gone here in the top of the fourth inning for Edwin Encarnacion. 0 for 1 with a ground out. First offering away on a curveball, 1-0 the count. He's hitting 357 with runners in scoring position. It's over 100 points better than his actual average. So he comes through when it's time to come through. 2-0 count to the man who leads this team in walks and strikeouts so far this year, and now a high four-seamer, 3-0 the count. Adam Engel stands on deck, hitting 321. And Mankata leads off a second base. 1-1 tie, top of the fourth inning, one out. Here in target field. As the sun begins to set. A strike on the inside corner, 3-1 and one the count. Odorizzi is slowing the game down just a little bit. The pace was a lot quicker, but now with a base runner, he's taking his time with Encarnacion. Swung on and sent over to third base. Donaldson's going to scoop and throw quickly, giving Mankata no chance to even consider heading to third base. And now there's two outs with the runner still at second base. In the top of the fourth inning, it's going to take a base hit from Adam Engel if Mankata's going to get around or advance. He's 0 for 1 so far today. The pitch on the way. Takes a curveball that comes back into the zone, started inside, and froze him. Angle, if you're wondering, 364 with runners in scoring position this year. Fouls back a curveball. He's quickly 0-2, so order is he. Even though he's thrown 70 pitches now, here in the fourth inning, Gets out of the inning on pitch number 71. Engel swings and misses at a curveball in the zone, low and outside. He's 0 for 2 today, and midway through the fourth, we're still knotted up at 1. Want to thank Cork and Carey at the park? They got great food. The Latino burger is amazing. I love that one. It's got the chorizo on it. It's, it's amazing, all right? They also got the pulled pork nachos. Imagine listening to one of these games this weekend eating yourself a big mound of pulled pork nachos. Grubhub, porkandcarryatthepark.com. Go get some food. They got wings, they got wraps, they got salads. You want to take off some of the pandemic 40 that you put on? I understand. Josh Donaldson's 0 for 1 with a strikeout on three pitches in the second inning. It's only 1 for 6 in this series with a home run. It was a solo shot yesterday. White Sox pitcher is doing very well so far against the most dangerous hitter in the league. He swings and misses at an inside pitch, and now another off-speed 12-6 curveball. We haven't seen that thrown a lot by Giolito. Misses on the inside corner, 1-1 one and one quickly. Now he throws a fastball low and inside and gets the call, 1-2, and two, and Donaldson is seeing Giolito go inside a lot so far in the pitches he's seen and work quickly against him to try to keep him off balance. There is a plan for him. Now a swing and a miss and a slider that came inside on him. Donaldson struck out twice swinging. Six strikeout for Giolito. The White Sox clearly have a plan for the leader in all major offensive categories in Major League Baseball. 
On the other hand, it might just be bad for Donaldson that he comes up with less than two outs as Giolito has gotten the first two guys in every inning but then struggled for the third out in every inning except for the first. Mitch Garver, one for one with a single in the second, it was a two-out single, comes up and he's one and one. Very quickly, after a pitch on the inside corner and a pitch on the outside corner, now he's going to send one out to the left center field gap. Angle's going to corral it and send it in. And a base hit. So that's the first time he's given up a one-out hit. First time a runner has gotten on with less than two outs for the Twins. And a fastball at the knees to Rosario goes for strike one, 0-1 the count. He's got to walk in the second inning. And then he was left out there along with Garver. Giolito about to throw his 60th pitch. Inside strike, swung on, high and tight, 0-2 quickly. The biggest problem for Giolito has been base runners. Too many for a starter, in my opinion. A whip at 1.41, where it is right now at this moment, is too high. An effective starting pitcher needs to be around 1.30 in my mind. And if you're a star, you're down the 110s or lower. Fly ball out in the left field. Garcia on the run is going to make the play. Makes it look easy, even though that was a gapper. You got some speed out there and some defense in the outfield today. Max Kepler is going to come up with two outs in the bottom of the fourth inning and a runner on first. He's 0 for 1 in this game. Checks up on a circle change. It's a ball. He is 6-for-17 with a home run lifetime against Giolito, so even though he's hitting right at the Mendoza line, don't take him lightly as he has had success against the White Sox pitcher. That one's fouled off, 1-1 one one the count. Next one rifled out in the right field, tailing back towards the walls, Mazzara, and that is gone. We told you it was going to carry, and now we see two home runs from the Minnesota Twins off Lucas Giolito. Right out into that wind tunnel and right. 390 feet on this one. Out of here at 106 miles per hour. It did just get out of here. Hit the first row instead of going off that high wall. There was some doubt. But it was a high, hard-hit ball. And it gets to that short porch. The Twins lead this game now 3-1. And Giolito putting runners on. A couple of them every inning is the reason why he has struggled this year. He needs more efficiency, and he's not bringing it. The number nine hitter, Sano, stands in 0 for 1 and takes a fastball outside, 1-0 the count. Think about it. A guy just hit a two-run home run against you who's hitting 200, basically. That was one of his, I think that was his second home run of the season, yes. Fastball in the zone, 1-1 one one the count. Swung on and missed a four-seamer at the knees, one and two. This game is not over, not by a long stretch. Like I said, we've been sitting around waiting for the fireworks. And a 1-1 tie broken here in the bottom of the fourth inning with a two-run bash. And now it's time for the White Sox to respond, but first Giolito needs to get out of this inning, and he's 2-2 two two to Sano as that slider misses on the outside corner. Pitch number 70 for him right now. Just outside, three and two. As long as he gets to know here, basically, both he and Odorizzi are on about the same amount of pitches through the same amount of innings. Odorizzi, though, has only given up one run. Foul back, a four-seamer. Count remains full with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. And now he's going to pop this one up into shallow center field. Angle's going to come in and wait for it. Can of corn 
He waves off Garcia, who is standing next to him. Must have come in to whisper sweet nothings into his ear. The inning is over. Max Kepler goes yard. It's a two-run smash. Right into that wind tunnel in between the buildings in right field. And we go to the top of the DP3 Tech fifth inning with the White Sox trailing 3-1 and Nomar Mazzara, the eight-hitter, coming to the plate. Hitting 208 with a 304 on base percentage and a 721 OPS. He walked in the second inning. And the right fielder, batting lefty, stands up there against Odorizzi. He starts the inning with 71 pitches. Double barrel action in the Minnesota Twins bullpen. That tunnel out in right field, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Both Twins homers. If you drew a line, like on a map, showing that downtown street, coming in the right field, and you just put the buildings, like where they're at, the sidewalk, straight down the home plate, both of them had a path right into that wind tunnel where the wind is blowing out. And remember when the Twins built this ballpark, they believed Morneau was going to be here for a long time. He had that concussion. There's a lefty with power. They had Joe Maurer, a lefty with power. They were building their team for this stadium. And the design has always been there for lefties to hit out there. Three and one out of Mazzara, the pitch on the way. Inside misses and he walks. So the leadoff man out for the White Sox, that's a good thing here in the top of the fifth inning. Meanwhile, let me tell you about DP3 Tech real quick. Uh, these guys came up with a great idea. They work with large and small businesses. Uh, either you want to impress the boss or you are the boss, but are you tired of Zoom calls? Are you tired of the Facebook Messenger? Uh, you want to be able to share things with one button. You want to be able to show things with one button. You want to be able to get people on with one button. You want it to be clear. You want to integrate it with your systems so it's not confusing. People are sitting there working on the system while they're actually in the room with each other. Not everybody's going to be working with each other for a long time as that's a strike to Danny Mendick 0-1. My wife just got told, and she works for PNC Bank, that based upon the timeline, and this is just a guess, we were figuring it out when they talk, talked to her today, probably doing work from home through July at least. So Mendick swings at this one, one and two. You want to have systems set up if you want this to go smoothly. Details coming up midway through the fifth inning from DP3 Tech. One and two to Mendick with a runner on first. Odorizzi reels back, and this one is fouled off down the first baseline, a curveball at the knees. Count remains one and two. And now he sends a cut fastball down the first baseline. That's a foul ball. Next offering outside. Count is even at two. Top of the order coming up next. Tim Anderson has tried to go to right field twice, opposite field. But he isn't getting out because he's not in that tunnel. He's a little bit too much towards center field as this one's lifted out in the right and it's going to fall in for a base hit. Mendix on with a base knock and the White Sox answering the two home runs so far from the Twins that have collected them three in this game with hits instead of home runs. And they've got two on here in the top of the fifth inning for Tim Anderson. Mazzara's not very fast at second. Mendick is fast at first, and a split finger down the middle is taken. Owen won the count and a correction there. Anderson flew out the last time, the first time up he struck out. After a long game last night, I'm going to make a goof once or twice today. I haven't even started drinking yet. That's a rarity for these games. 
Maybe that's the problem. I got to get a beer as he swings and misses at a curveball low and away, 0-2. Runners on first and second. No out here in the top of the fifth inning. Odorizzi with the pitch. Outside misses on a curveball. He's trying to get Anderson to reach. T.A. getting selective. 86 pitches so far for Odorizzi. With no outs in the top of the fifth and two on. The 1-2 pitch on the way. Misses low on a cut fastball. He tried to frame it. Darver couldn't get it up quick enough for the umpire to fall for it. Count is even at two. Next offering. Misses outside and a curveball three and two, so they're trying to get T.A. to reach. And that's the AL batting champ up there. You don't get there without understanding your strike zone. I'm not saying he's got an eye like Mancata, but he's no slouch up there. And he may be 0 for 2, but he's a heck of a hitter. Here comes Odorizzi with the full count pitch. Swung on and ripped out into the gap in left center field. They're going to cut it off, and the runner's going to hold Mazzaro. The bases are loaded with no outs here in the top of the fifth inning. If that doesn't get cut off, I think Mendick catches Mazzaro on the way in the home place, and they score almost side by side. He was moving and had to put on the brakes hard at second base and get back when he realized Mazzaro was being held up. And they're going to come and get Odorizzi. So for the second time in a row, the Twins have a lead of two runs, just like last night, when they were leading 3-1, to one, and they pull the starting pitcher and go to the pen with the bases loaded. Randy Dobnik is going to come in 15 games, 37 in the third innings, 3-0 record, 4.10 earned run average, 32 strikeouts to 14 walks. Opponents, though, hitting 305 if they're a lefty and 276 if they're a righty. We got a lefty hitting Larry Garcia who's 0 for 1 with a walk and a run, and the bases loaded here in the top of the fifth with no outs and an inside four seamer just hits a zone 0 and 1. The Twins are not afraid to go to these long reliever types. They did it last night. Dobnek, if you look at the number of appearances, the innings. Comes in for several. This one is lifted deep out of the right field. Tailing back towards the wall. Does it have the distance? It is gone! Larry Garcia finds it. He found the jet stream we've been talking about. He puts it out in the right field, 399 feet, for a grand slam that shuts everybody up here in target field. And they are mobbing him at home plate. All three base runners wait for him. Tim Anderson walks into the dugout with his arm around him. And Leary just stood there and watched it. He knew that was going. I couldn't tell. It was only 399 feet. But the moment you see Cruz take two steps back and just stop, that ball was gone. The little guy with the towering drive, and if you were sitting there at the beginning of the game going, how is Aloy Jimenez not in this game and Leary Garcia's in left field? Right there, brilliant managing. Five to three White Sox. Now on the top of the fifth inning for the second straight night. A reliever comes in with a lead and men on base and the White Sox take the lead. Jose Abreu's one for two and now one and one in the count. This one's sent up the middle and that's a base hit in the center field. The hit parade continues. Leary Garcia with the grand slam turns this from being a two-run deficit to a two-run lead here in the fifth. And Yoan Moncada comes up and there's still no outs in the top of the fifth inning. We get questions all the time about the lineups, and I've tried to explain to people that the game is not controlled by anybody here. We're not controlling what happens. But we take a look at the energy level of the players, what they're doing. We try to think what would be the right thing to do with the lineup, and we create the lineup. 
And then we let him play. Managerial decisions only come out of sacks in the basement. As this one is a dribbler to second base, flipped over to short, back over to first. Close play at first. Mankata slaps his hands as he's doubled off. It goes 4-6-3. There's two gone now and nobody on at the top of the fifth inning. And McCann comes up 0 for 2 with a fly out and a line out. And it's been fun to watch some of those decisions really pay off. And when they don't pay off, we blame Ricky Renteria. Just because. James McCann is 0 for 2. He takes the pitch inside for a strike and now lifts a jam shot in the shallow right center field. Underneath it is Cruz. He'll make the catch. But the White Sox get a grand salami from Leary Garcia. And midway through the DP3 Tech fifth, we are leading 5-3. New challenges bring new technology. DP3 Tech has partnered with Microsoft to make things easier on you and your business. Imagine being able to get everybody together in a nice, easy, user experience friendly meeting room and being able to share whatever you want in the room with just one click. You can migrate from old legacy on-premises equipment right now to flexible, secure, work-from-home friendly cloud services. Bring your group together faster, better, easier. Find out what DP3 Tech can do for you. Contact their cloud migrations team today, 312-896-2450 or email info at dp3tech.com. Byron Buxton led off this game. He's 0 for 2. And he leads off the bottom of the fifth inning for the Twins. Lucas Giolito on 72 pitches. Will continue for the White Sox now with the lead. It was the same story last night. Lopez did not have the lead. He had given up three runs. And in the top of the sixth inning, Barrios, the starter for the Twins, was pulled with men on. And the White Sox put up four runs. In the fifth inning, it happens with a swing of the bat to the first batter that the relief pitcher replacing Odorizzi to start it tonight. The first batter gets to the play, hits the grand slam. Incredible. Giolito now 2-2 two two against Buxton here in this at-bat. First two pitches were strikes, and he missed outside. He goes into the line. McCann sets up on the outside corner. He misses outside again. 3-2, and two, and his job is that he's got to keep guys off base and preserve this lead. And... I think Ricky Renteria understands the importance of this matchup. These two teams are going to be at each other all year long. And if you're going to compete in this division, you treat these games differently than, say, Baltimore in a few days. You still want to win in Baltimore. You're not going to burn everybody out. But you treat it differently. Swing and a miss inside fastball. Giolito comes back. And we said the same thing about Reynaldo Lopez last night as Giolito collects his seventh strikeout. When he got that lead... If he wouldn't have come out and pitched well in the bottom of the sixth, he wouldn't have gotten to the end of the sixth inning. Sox were already ready in Kopech. Now, he can't get ready tonight. He's worn out. He went out and pitched four innings, and he pitched like 60-some pitches last night to get the win in extras. But you still have Carson Fulmer who can go deep if you need a bridge. And the bullpen is pretty fresh because Renteria made a decision that once the 10th inning began, went with Kopech for the entire extra inning series. Marwan Gonzalez has a home run. He's going to follow this one down the first base line. And the count is 1-1. One and 5-3 one. White Sox. Bottom of the fifth. One out. Four-seam fastball down the middle. Catches the zone at the knees. 1-2. and two. Now to Gonzalez. Into the line. The kick and the throw. 
And the four-seamer's fouled off. Count remains one and two. McCann on the outside corner gets him to go. Gonzalez goes after a circle change well outside the zone. Eighth strikeout for Giolito with two outs here in the bottom of the fifth inning. And so far, the White Sox have pushed all the buttons right in this series. But we know the Twins are coming. Last night, we couldn't get that final out. And a two-run home run tied a 5-3 game. And we went 13. I don't think they're done yet. So it's up to the staff to keep them down as much as we can, and we also have to get more runs. We can't stop now. Jorge Polanco's in one for two and 0-1 in the count. And he swings at this one and sends it down the first baseline, corralled by Encarnacion over at first. He steps on the bag. Sox end the fifth inning, leading 5-3. 5-3 White Sox, top of the sixth. Edwin Encarnacion comes to the plate, 0 for 2 with two ground outs. He's hitting 250 even with 13 home runs. And 29 RBIs, we talked about the fact that his batting average with runners in scoring position over 100 points higher than his actual batting average. So he does it when it counts. That said, he has the most solo home runs on the team. Meanwhile, Carson Fulmer and Jace Fry have started to throw in the White Sox bullpen. I think they're going to be ready just in case in the bottom of the sixth inning is a four-seamer away, misses. 1-0 the count. Giolito, high in his pitch count, but has not reached the 90s yet. It depends on how his inning goes. Renteria likes to give his starters at least six. Give him an opportunity. And he's got the lead. Although he has been shaky and given up two home runs. One and one the count now after a foul ball down the third base line. And then Edwin fouls one back to the backstop. One and two. No outs here in the top of the six with the Sox leading five to three. A low split finger misses from Dobnek who remains in the game. Two and two the count. Now Encarnacion puts one off the end of his bat. Over to first, the flip, the Dobnik covering. One gone here in the top of the sixth. Looks like the Astros brought their trash cans to Boston as they put up multiple runs in the top of the ninth and now lead 6-3 to three in Beantown. As a slow roller over to third is cut off by Dobnik before it gets to Donaldson, he throws over to first and makes the play on his own. And quickly, Adam Engel is retired. Meanwhile, Nomar Mazara is hitting 208 and being a lefty. I'd like to see him get one up in that jet stream. He walked his last time up. Takes a ball outside here, 1-0 the count with two outs on the top of the sixth. The problem last night was the White Sox got the lead and didn't do anything then again until the 13th inning. After scoring four in the sixth, the White Sox did not score another run until seven innings later. 1-1 count, pitch on the way inside, swung on and missed, 1-2. And, and that can't happen. I don't think you can rely, even though your bullpen is good, on them being able to completely shut down this Twins team. They are very, very talented. 2-2 two two now the count as that one misses outside. Count even to Mazzaro with two outs in the top of the sixth. Swings and misses at a fastball high. It was borderline. He had to protect, but he missed it. Sacks go down 1-2-3 in the 6th, and we're in the bottom of the 6th inning with Lucas Giolito sitting on 86 pitches. And Nelson Cruz, the 4-hitter, comes into place. will be the 4, the 5, and the 6-hitters against the White Sox starter. At least that's what's scheduled. Jace Fry warms in the bullpen, so does Carson Fulmer. The pitch. Swung on and sent over to first base. Picked out of the air by Edwin Encarnacion. That's a line-out. And Josh Donaldson comes into play. He's 0-2 with two strikeouts. 
Lucas has got him swinging both times. The first time on three pitches. He's worked him inside both times and then gone outside for the knockout pitch. This time, he goes outside with a circle change in the zone and freezes Donaldson for strike one. Now he goes high, throwaway pitch, one and one the count. McCann sets up inside. Here it comes inside, and Donaldson holds off on a ball at the waist. A 93-mile-an-hour fastball. So he's lost about three miles per hour on the fastball since the first inning. He's at pitch number 90. This is number 91 on a 2-1 to count. Hits the zone outside on a 12-6 curve. We have not seen that very much today, probably about five times all game. But he gets the strike, and the count is even 2-2. Two and two. One out, bottom of the six. Sox lead by two, nobody on. The most dangerous hitter in baseball is at the plate, at least so far statistically. This season, he swings and misses at a four-seamer and breaks the bat over his knee. That's the first one of those we've seen all season. Josh Donaldson is the ninth strikeout for Lucas Giolito, and he's had three of them in this game, and he breaks his bat over his knee and tosses the pieces towards his dugout. Mitch Garver's two for two with two singles and a run scored, and with two outs, he takes a strike at the knees, 0-1. So Lucas Giolito and White Sox pitching overall has so far contained Donaldson to being one for eight. He's got four strikeouts, three tonight, and he's got the solo home run yesterday. One and one the count. The home run was early in the game, too. Then after that, they locked it down. Inside pitch misses 2-1 and one now to Garver. Giolito, I think, understands that he's dangerous. And he's been red hot for the Twins. Now he goes outside on a slider 3-1 and one, with Rosario on deck. Eddie Rosario's hitting 241. But we'd like to get this guy. 3-1 count. Fouled off, and that would have been ball four. He went for a high four-seamer 3-2. and two, And now Giolito and McCann come up with a plan in the pitch. Swung on and popped up into right field, tailing towards the line. It is foul into the stands. Mazzara can't make a play. Will reset. Full count. Here's the pitch. Ripped down the third base line foul. That's 99 pitches for Giolito. Will he finish the inning on pitch number 100? Here it comes. Swung on and missed. Four-seam fastball. 100 pitches even for Giolito. A quality start for him. He gave up only five hits over the six innings. Three runs scored, a few free passes, two homers. Sox lead 5-3 to three going into the top of the seventh inning, and you can unleash that bullpen now. Steve Ciszek is now up in the bullpen. He's the lone guy. Fulmer and Fry have sat down. Danny Mendick, the nine-hitter, comes to the plate and takes a split finger on the outside corner. 0-1 the count. Ciszek struck out the side in the seventh last night. Aaron Bummer struck out the first two that he faced in the eighth. Got the third out right away. Six up, six down. And then there was disaster in the ninth as the four-seamers fouled off one and two. First pitch from Bummer to a left-handed hitting. Luis Arias, who isn't even playing tonight. He's worn out from all the work that he did last night. Is that one... Uh, is a ball two and two, and now inside for a ball three and two to Mendick. Anderson's on deck. Mendick's one for two, and the next pitch low and outside. He swung on it and missed. Second strikeout for Dobnik, who remains in this game in the top of the seventh. And there's one gone. But back to last night. The pitching matchup said let Bummer 
go after the guy that doesn't hit lefties very well. You got a base hit right away. Off the end of the bat, kind of muscled it out right along the line. Really a lucky hit. As Anderson now sends one over to second on a soft fly out, and there's two gone. Then Colome comes in, walks a batter. First and second, you get a beautiful double play. Started by Moncada across the Madrigal with speed running all over the place. You got two outs and a runner on third. And then he had Garver in that count. He had a pitcher's count. He gives up the home run, the dead center that got over the wall by about five feet. We get a tie game. Leary Garcia's one for two with a grand slam that took this game from being three to one to five to three. And now this one out deep in the left field tailing back. It'll be caught right up against the 377 marker. Little Leary had his vitamins today. It's a long fly out. They're going to sing the song here. And I think we're going to see Steve Ciszek in the bottom of the seventh. Steve Ciszek comes in. 21 appearances, 27 and two-thirds innings. Eight holes. He got one last night. 1-0 record. No runs charged to him so far. 37 strikeouts to 11 walks. Opponents are hitting just a hair over 100 against him. The right-handed sidearm pitcher comes in and faces the lefty hitting Rosario who immediately skies a slider down the first baseline foul. He is 3-for-15 lifetime against Ciszek. He's seen him before. The 0-1 pitch on the way. Sent over to Moncada. He will throw over. A close play at first. He pulled him off the bag. The official scorer hates handing out errors here because he did pull him off the bag. They're going to call it an infield hit. Everything's a hit here. It's like watching a Little League game. It's like when you tell your seven-year-old that that was a base hit. But it really wasn't a base hit. It was a fielder's choice. Or like three kids threw the ball over the base. You, you got a triple, but you really didn't. That's what the official scorer here does in Minnesota. So a runner on, that's a rarity for the first guy to get on against Ciszek. And now he faces Max Kepler as one for two. The lefty stands in and inside sinker misses 2-0 oh the count. Moderate speed on board, not really a threat to steal. The 2-0 pitch misses low, a slider 3-0 with Sano coming up, and immediately you get that uh-oh feeling because we saw this happen in the ninth inning. Just happening a little sooner tonight. And this is the bomb of the order, the 7-8-9 guys, and really our best and most dependable pitcher out of the pen so far this season. Ciszek gets a sinker across for a strike, 3-1. Into the wind in the pitch. Check swing, strike slider. He went high at the letters and got the call three and two. Ciszek battling back. A buzz in the crowd here in Minnesota. Sox leading five to three. And this one's chopped foul. 91 mile an hour sinker. Count remains full with a runner on first here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Lifts this one into center field. Tailing back to the wall and gone. Max Kepler has hit two home runs today. This one, 424 feet, ties the game. Out of here at 101.5 miles per hour and hung up there just long enough to get over the wall in center field. Adam Engel was right in line with the shadows and went out there. He was right on that ball. If this ballpark was five feet further back, he makes that catch on the run. He just ran out of room. Miguel Sano is 0 for 2 with a strike on the flyout. We got a brand new ball game. It feels like we're in deja vu all over again as now it's a base hit up the middle and the White Sox have to get the bullpen going as Ciszek, who has been so dependable, 
is in trouble, and Don Cooper is going to come out and talk to him for the first time all year, like, hey, what's going on, man? Jace Fry and Evan Marshall back up. Fry for the second time, Marshall for the first time in the bullpen. We got a tie ball game. And a slider in the inside corner misses 1-0. Byron Buxton's 0-3. Twins have a runner on first. Inside slider misses again 2-0. Yesterday, Sox led 1-0. Trailed 3-1. Came back quickly and scored four in an inning. To go up 5-3. And then a home run tied it. That has happened here tonight, just in different innings. With different guys. But it is deja vu all over again is now... Buxton's 3-0, and Cisha can't find the plate going inside. We all have a bad day at the office, and Steve Cishak now gets across the sinker for a strike 3-1. Like I said, no runs charged to him all year. I don't even think he gave up anybody else's runs all season long. This was all his inning, and he walks him. So, so Cishak puts a runner on. Gives up a two-run home run. Gives up a single. Gives up a walk. There's two on and no outs here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Stock scrambling to get a pitcher ready for him. But he's going to have to face Marwan Gonzalez first. And an outside slider misses 1-0 the count. Now they're going to waste some time and go out and talk with him. Again. I believe the idea is to try to get that bullpen ready. They don't like what they see with Steve Ciszek. You could legit see them go with a relief pitcher right now, and they're going to do it. He got one pitch in, and they're going to bring him out of the game. They wanted to give enough time for Jace Fry to get ready, and he'll come in. So, unfortunately, a very, very rough outing for Steve Ciszek. And Jace Fry comes in. He only has 12 and two-thirds innings over 20 appearances and a 3.55 earned run average. 20 strikeouts and seven walks. Lefties hitting 0.59 against him. Marlon Gonzalez has to flip over to the right side instead of hitting lefty where he's been deadly and immediately lifts one out into left field. Garcia's going to make the catch and hold the runners on a line out. One pitch, one out here in the bottom of the seventh. White Sox trying to hold the Twins. Jorge Polanco comes up one for three. He also has to flip over to the right side. Sox taking away the ability to put one up there in right field like the Twins have done a couple times. It goes opposite field out into right field. But it's a weak fly ball. Mazzara puts it away. Two pitches. Two outs for Fry. And now he gets Nelson Cruz, who's 0 for 3 with a line out in the sixth inning. The Sox are going to use up all those bullpen visits because they want to talk to Fry about what they're going to do here. And now the meeting is over. Josh Donaldson's on deck. I know the White Sox have done well against him, but I don't feel like you want to walk Cruz to get to him, but that's a high two-seamer taken for a ball 1-0. With a pinpoint pitcher looking at Donaldson's splits, I might say, yeah, I want the lefty up against him. He has done better against righties, and he has hit more home runs this year against righties per inning, per pitch. Cruz is now 2-0 as that one misses low, but... Fry is not one of those guys that's pinpoint as he misses outside now on a curveball 3-0. Think about this. He's thrown five pitches. Two of them were immediately sent out to the outfield for outs. And now he's missed the play three times. Got two outs here in the bottom of the seventh, but we still got two on on first and second. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed a cut fastball inside 3-1. and one. A tense moment here for the White Sox in a tie ball game in the bottom of the seventh. We warned you at the beginning of this game. 
It wasn't going to be a 2-1 game, and the Twins weren't going away. Cut fastball fouled off 3-2. So Fry fights his way back. We'll see if he goes in the zone here against Cruz with two on. The pitch. Check swing. Did he go? Oh, he went. That is a brutal call by the umpire. He brings the bat all the way around. He won't appeal down the first base. The umpire makes the call. Renteria is on the top step. Last night, we saw the White Sox get jabbed right before the Twins end up getting a few runs. And I'm telling you right now, the matchup says lefty against Donaldson, even though he's a right-handed hitter. He has not had as much power against lefties this year. So Fry's going to remain in and miss on the outside corner on a cut fastball 1-0. Sano at third, Buxton at second, Cruz at first, bases loaded. Twins have already tied the game here in this inning. A disastrous seventh for the White Sox. They could get much worse very quickly. Cut fastball hits the zone 1-1. One one. Donaldson's 0-3 for 3 with three strikeouts in this game, all from Giolito, the starter. Giolito goes six and only gives up three runs. He gets turned over to a bullpen that is normally very dependable. But Steve Ciszek has his first brain fart of the year. And that one swung on and missed, one and two to Donaldson. Curveball inside, but not in the zone. It was low, almost near the dirt. And if I'm McCann, I'm going to work inside even with the lefty here because Donaldson has had trouble all day on the inside portion of the plate. He goes outside, swing and a miss. I'm glad I'm not McCann. I'm glad he's McCann. They strike out Donaldson for the fourth time today. He broke his bat the last time. This time he looks bewildered. He leaves the bases loaded. Jace Fry gets us out of the jam. But we are tied going into the top of the eighth inning, and Jose Abreu will come to the plate two for three with a double, a single, and an RBI. And hopefully what will not be another extra inning game. Randy Dobnik gave up a grand slam to the first batter he faced, and since then has been solid for the Twins. 28,852 here tonight on Friday night for this big game between two teams separated by a game and a half for the division. Fastball low and in, catches the zone, one and one now to Abreu. Out in the bullpen, Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall still warming up. Four Seamer fouled off down the first baseline, one and two to Abreu. The three, the four, and the five hitters for the White Sox coming up this inning. Swung on and missed, a split finger outside. Jose sits down, there's one gone in the top of the eighth. Juan Mancada's one for three with a double in the fourth inning. The uniform dirty from a diving play that he made earlier in the game to get a base runner. And a slider's lifted deep down the right field line, hooking foul as he stands in the left-handed batter's box, 0-1. Now an outside four, Seamer catches his own quickly 0-2. We see Mancada do this a lot. When he's on, you don't worry about it because he's just waiting for his pitch. But right now, he seems to be a little off. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent out to center field, tailing back, but Buxton's got speed. He's going to catch it near the track. There's two gone right away here in the top of the eighth inning. James McCann comes up. He's hitting fifth today. With two outs in the top of the eighth. 0 for 3 with a fly out in the fifth inning. Tie ball game now here. The normally reliable White Sox bullpen has given up two leads of two runs in the last two days after the starter came out after six and handed them that lead. That is not normal for this team as this one is lifted out into the right center field gap, tailing back towards the wall. 
That is off the top of the wall. McCann into second base with a double. So a two-out double for McCann that just misses getting over the scoreboard and going for a home run that's out right center field. So McCann cannot escape the confines, but he does get a double. And Adam Ingo comes up. Check that. Beep. And Edwin Encarnacion comes up, and they're going to intentionally walk him right away. So they're not going to pitch to Encarnacion. They want to get to Adam Ingo. And they're going to bring in another pitcher. Cody Guerin comes in. He's got nine appearances so far, 11 and a third innings, 2.38 earned run average, 12 strikeouts to five walks. He's got a 2 and one record. Lefties are hitting 136 against him. Righty's hitting 267. Now, Engel is a righty. He's 0 for 3 in this game. We get comments every once in a while here at Sox in the Basement. I got one today sent to me asking why in the Rockies series he was laying down a bunt with no outs. And the explanation I gave the person, because I'll give an explanation if somebody asks why, he was matched up against a pitcher that he does not do well against. And the Sox had had trouble scoring runs against the Rockies in three previous games. And the idea was just get the lead for that team because they had a pitcher on the mound that looked like he was going to do well. And it worked out in the end. He did pop out on the on the bunt. I'm not going to say it was a brilliant move. But there was a method to the madness. You can always reach out to us on social media if you have any questions about what's going on in these ball games. We're happy to talk with you. One and one the count to angle. Now he swings at an outside slider. One and two. Next pitch low and away. Two and two the count. Count is even. Runners at first and second. Two gone, top of the eighth, tie game. Engel at the plate. Swings and misses in a slider. Rough day for him. Some of the White Sox role players called on today. Some have answered the call, some have not. Midway through the eighth, knotted up at five. White Sox are going to go with Evan Marshall at this moment. Looking for a righty pitcher to come in in a tie ball game in the eighth inning. He's been pretty good. 2.53 earned run average. 17 strikeouts to four walks. Opponents hitting 223 against him. Righty or lefty. He gets Mitch Garver's two for three. So righty on righty here in the first pitch is a strike on the inside corner and a changeup. 0-1 the count. Aaron Bummer is warming, but the next three batters go to Marshall under the current rules. The next offering popped up to third base. Now blowing over towards short. Mankind underneath it stays with it. And that one... That one was over by the bag, and he had to run over real quick to where Anderson was. But he kept waving him off and made the play. Looks to be a curveball induced to pop up there. There's one gone in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Eddie Rosario comes up one for two. And Marshall with the pitch goes inside, misses on a four-seamer. One and oh the count. The only guy not available tonight in that bullpen is Michael Kopech. We know that. We were told that already. Everybody else is ready to go. So you still have Colome. You still have Bummer. You still have Herrera. And you have Carson Fulmer. There's a four-seamers fouled off, two and one. But if you're asking if you got a guy sitting here right now that wants to do two extra inning games, the answer is absolutely not. Four-seam fastball, lower outside corner, two and two. So hopefully the White Sox can get something done here at the top of the ninth. These have been battles, these games. Absolute battles. Between two of the top teams in baseball and the two top teams in the AL Central. Changeup foul back two and two. In comparison, 
we talk about how the Indians have also been up at the top of this division. When you look at when this... Oh, that one's ripped deep down the line. Get foul. It is. Down the first baseline. It goes about three feet foul for Rosario. The count is even at two. Next pitch now nubbed over to second base. Easy play made over at first, and he goes down. That was close. It turned into a fan there getting angry. Thought they had taken the lead. Max Kepler comes up. He's only got two home runs, both of them two-run jobs. He's been killing us today, and the guy came into the game hitting 204. He came in as a pinch runner last night. But he is eating the White Sox alive. It's a ball inside, 1-0 the count. As I was saying, you look at the Indians versus the Twins this year. Look at the White Sox versus the Twins. This one is sent down to third base line. Every time I try to make this point, there's something down the line. It's going to be a ground rule double as it hits the line and goes into the stands. Kepler, two home runs and a ground rule double in this game now. The next time he comes up, they should put one in his ear just to slow him down. Miguel Sano comes to the plate. They're going to come out and talk with Evan Marshall just to kind of get a handle on what they want to do. While they're talking to him, if you look at the games between the Twins and the Indians, they're not close. Twins blew out the Indians in several games this year in their own ballpark. Meanwhile, the White Sox have won two out of three against the Twins. Every game has been close. They won two out of three in their own ballpark and then won the one last night and have won three out of four and were tied here late in the game. These teams have been far more evenly matched than they are with the Indians, who at least to this point, head-to-head, don't seem like they match up as well against the Sox and the Twins. Meeting is over. Sano stands at the plate. Marshall remains in the game. Runner on second. Two outs. Bottom of the eighth inning. 11 pitches for Marshall so far this inning. He's gotten him two outs and a man on second. 5-5 tie. Here we go. Fastball. Waist high. On the outside corner. Taken for a strike. 0-1 the count. Next offering a high four-seamer. 1-1. Now he tries to go low with a changeup and misses. 2-1. All three pitches have been close, but he's not getting the call. Two and one the count. Sano stands in. Next pitch swung on and missed. He took something off even more and put it inside. Sano way out in front of that pitch. Two and two the count. Marshall checks the runner and delivers. And he fouls that one back and goes down to a knee. He almost got it by Miguel Sano. The 2-2 pitch. Chopped up the middle. It's going to be a base hit. Coming in quickly is Engel. The runner is heading home. He is going to score. And the Twins have taken a 6-5 lead. Byron Buxton comes up to bat. And Aaron Bummer comes in to pitch. 24 games. 26 innings so far. 1.38 earned run average. 42 strikeouts and 6 walks. He's 1-1 one one with 6 holds. Even with all those stats, he's been second to Steve Ciszek before this game. Aaron with the first pitch, throws one low to Buxton. 1-0 the count. Runner still on first base. Two outs, bottom of the eighth inning. White Sox trailing 6-5 here in Minnesota. And if this entire series is going to be like the first two games, I'm going to be exhausted and need a vacation. (laughs) We might be praying for a rain out in Baltimore for game one. Just to give me a rest. 2-0 the count. Here's the pitch. Checks it up. They say he went on a low sinker. Couldn't hold back. And what stinks about that right there is there's no way Buxton came around as much as when Ciszek 
put on the first batter that led to the two-run home run on what should have been strike three. Cut fastball inside, two and two. He did get a bad call there. I maintain that. Count is even. Bottom of the eighth inning, two outs. Sox trailing by a run. This one's fouled back into the umpire. Count remains even at two. Bummer gets him the ground one. It gets underneath Anderson's glove. Now bobbled by Garcia in the outfield. It goes behind him. But the runner had already stopped, so the Sox catch a break. It's only first and second instead of first and third. Marwin Gonzalez will come to the plate. He's one for four with a solo home run in the third inning. And an inside four-seam fastball misses 1-0. You're trying to figure out what's happening in the bottom, excuse me, the top of the ninth inning for the White Sox. It's the bottom of the order. Nomar Mazzara, Danny Mendick, and then Tim Anderson. I don't know if Renteria is going to go to his bench. One and one the count. The pitch. Low and outside a sinker, two and one. You don't want to give up on the game. I don't think the White Sox are doing that by letting the players play. We'll see what the decision is. Bummer with the 2-1 pitch. Misses outside and a cut fastball, 3-1. And, and something's in the water tonight as the reliable White Sox bullpen is having a very, very difficult time tonight in target field. Now a cut fastball catches the zone, 3-2 from Bummer. Runners on first and second, two outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning. The pitch on the way. Fouls off a cut fastball. Count remains full. Bummer checks the runners. They're both going. Snatched out of the air by Danny Mendick, who makes a great play on a line drive that was headed towards the gap in right center field. He earned the right to bat next inning with that play. After eight, 6-5 Minnesota. Taylor Rogers comes in. He's a left-handed pitcher. 10 for 13 in save opportunities, over 19 appearances. We saw him have a great top of the ninth inning last night to set up the comeback for the Twins in the bottom of the ninth. He gets Nomar Mazzara first, who skies one out to Byron Buxton. One pitch, one out. Mazzara is the master of the one pitch, one out. And from what I'm hearing around the team, there are rumblings he is on his way to a bench roll. Slider inside, swung on and missed, 0-1. White Sox tried to get him in an everyday roll twice. Beginning of the season, and then they gave him another couple of weeks here recently. He's going back to platoon slash bench, I believe, very, very soon. 0-1 pitch to Danny Mendick. Outside slider misses 1-1 the count. So Renteria is going to let his guys back. Mendick's 1-3. for three. Got Timmy Anderson on deck. The lefty gives up a number over to short. Tough play. Mendick almost beats it out at first base. Somehow, Polanco gets it there before Mendick on a slow number behind the bag, and he is out right before his foot comes down on the bag. I can see it on the slow-motion replay right now. A close play at first, and the Sox have two outs quickly in the top of the ninth inning, and Timmy Anderson is the last hope for the Chicago White Sox, trailing by one here in the ninth. First pitch sent down the first baseline foul. It's five for seven with a double. Lifetime against Rodgers. So the Twins' closer is not automatic against T.A. Next pitch, rip the third base. Big play by Donaldson. Long throw over, and he gets Tim Anderson. 
Sox go down one, two, three in the ninth inning and fall to Minnesota six to five as the bullpen crumbles. It's the only way to say it. You're up five, three. After six, you turn it over to this bullpen. You expect them to win. In the last two nights, they gave up a two-run home run that sent this thing 13 innings. We were lucky enough to win that one. I don't want to say it was luck, but we were fortunate enough to win that one. And then tonight, again, through six, leading five to three. And they give up the two-run home run in the seventh. Could have been even worse. And then they give up another run in the eighth. And the Sacks drop this one six to five in Minnesota. It's just a game. We're back to two and a half back behind the Twins. We got two more here. The win goes to Cody Guerin, the pitcher of record, out of the pen for the Twins. He had a third of an inning pitched and struck a batter out. The loss goes to Evan Marshall, two-thirds of an inning, gave up two hits and one earned run. Taylor Rogers gets the save with an inning pitched. Didn't give up anything. Max Kepler is, of course, the player of the game. Three for four, two home runs, the ground roll double. He was the straw that stirred the drink tonight for the Minnesota Twins. Somebody needs to buy him a case of beer. Larry Garcia, one for three with that big, grandiose grand slam that turned a 3-1 game into a 5-3 Sox lead. He scored earlier in the game as well. He had two runs scored. Jose Abreu, two for four with a double and an RBI. James McCann, one for four with a double. Yohan Mankata, one for four with a double. Sacks just couldn't get the hits when they needed them. They did score five runs. But for the second time in a row, they got that lead and then didn't do anything in the later innings while the bullpen gave it up. And some of that's on the offense for not finding a way to push across another run. And a lot of that's on the bullpen when you're given a two-run lead and you got this kind of talent that we've seen all year long. It is disappointing that they cracked twice against this Minnesota Twins team. Back to the drawing board tomorrow. So far, a split. We got two more left to go. We will see you for Saturday baseball. Sox, Twins, in Minnesota. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park, 33rd in Princeton. Visit them using Grubhub or going direct to CorkandCareyAtThePark.com, and I pray that they get a chance to at least open up a patio and try to survive in this current climate. We'll see how that goes. But until then, make sure you support a Southside tradition. And this has been brought to you as well by Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans by fans. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.